deal with the fact that most of the blood in your system has gone down to your stomach. And there's not much left up around your brain. <laughs> so you're going to be drowsing. So focus on making the breath nice and long. goes deep down inside, all the way down to your intestines. That way, even though there's not much blood in your brain, it's well oxygenated <clears throat> and keeps you from drifting off. If you have trouble staying focused on the breath, you can visualize the bones in your body. Start with the bones on the fingertips and thumb tips, on both hands. Just visualize them and just think, where are they right now? And have a sensation of that part of your body. And as with the breath meditation, if you find any sense of tension around those particular bones, just allow them to the tension to relax. And then go up to the next set of bones, the second joints in all your fingers and your thumbs. And the third joints, the bones of the palm of the hand, the wrists, forearms, elbows, upper arms, shoulder bones. And then start with the tips of your toes and go up through your feet in the same way. And you may find when you get to a particular part of the body that sudden images come up that may be buried in that part of the body. Try not to get distracted by them. Stay with the thought of the bones and the sensation of that part of the body around the bones that you're thinking about. Do this all the way up the legs, the pelvis, up the bones of the spine into the skull. If you find yourself getting distracted, if you were working on your arms and go back to your fingertips and work up through the, f the arms again. If the distraction happens when you're in your legs or pelvis or back or your head, then start down again at the toes. This is one way to keep the mind occupied and engaged if you have trouble staying with the breath.
before you leave meditation, think thoughts of goodwill once more. <clears throat> For all the people around you, all living beings in all directions. And then you can open your eyes. pointed out this morning, because the Buddhist teachings on causality are complex, and because they have that principle of what's called scale invariance, that what applies to the present moment applies to the large scale, and what applies to the large scale then applies to the present moment. The next step I'd like to follow here is to focus on the small scale first. Let's look at the present moment, what the teachings on karma tell us about the present moment. Once we've finished with that, then we can do the large scale. I think the small scale is going to be a lot easier for a lot of you to take. Because <laughs> the large, large scale brings in issues that people complain about. But, um, <laughs> but everyone agrees that we do have a present moment. So let's look there first. Okay. <laughs> okay. When you apply the teachings on causality to the issue of karma, first it's important to understand that the Buddha defines karma as intention. Reading passage number two in your reading passages states this as much. The very first sentence. Intention, I tell you, is karma. By the way, karma is the Pali term. Karma is the Sanskrit term. <clears throat> but it's also become the English term, so you me slipping back and forth between the two. For intending, one does karma by way of body, speech, and intellect. Okay, the intention is what lies behind your actions. And what is the cause by which karma comes into play? There's the word contact here is the answer. And contact in the Buddhist teachings is of two kinds. There's sensory contact, but there's also contact within the mind. Say an, a feeling comes in and you slap it with a perception. That's also counted as contact. And in this level, particularly in the level of the present moment, this seems to be the contact that's meant. Sort of this contact events going on in the mind. Something happens and you comment on it. A feeling comes up, an intention comes up, an intention comes up, and you comment on it. And from that comment comes more intentions. What do I do next? What do I do next? That seems to be the background question in the mind. Okay, what next? What do I do next? What do I do next? And we get really good at doing this, asking that question. We may not be good at answering it, but we, we're very insistent on asking the question all the time. And one of the issues of meditation is to find, reveal that sort of deep, deep-seated question that's going on all the time to see exactly how deep this issue of intention goes. You can look down on passage number five. This describes 
of dependent core rising, which is the Buddha's basic working out of that principle of um, causality that he defined for it as the insight of his, his awakening. It starts out, from ignorance as a requisite condition comes fabrications. From fabrications come consciousness, should become. From consciousness comes name and form. From name and form comes the sixth sense media. And from the sixth sense media comes contact. From contact comes feeling. Okay, th we're talking about the process that, of what precedes sense, sensory consciousness and up through sensory consciousness to the experience of feeling is described in this. Notice the number of factors that come even before there is contact at the senses. You start out with ignorance, and ignorance here is defined as ignorance of the Four Noble Truths. Now, this doesn't mean that you haven't heard of the Four Noble Truths. It means the way you look at your experience. If you look at experience in terms of, okay, where is the stress? Where is the cause of stress? Where is the cessation? What can I do to bleed? bring about the sensation of stress. Okay. That's looking at things in terms of the Four Noble Truths. It's kind of a framework for your perception, how you approach things. Even before you've got a, you know, a sensory input coming in, you've got a certain attitude in your, in your mind. Okay. What are you looking for? What are you trying for? What are the big issues that you're trying to deal with? And if you look at things not in terms of the issue of stress, but in terms of other issues, Okay, then you're starting out with ignorance, and from ignorance comes fabrication. Fabrication is another one of those words that the Buddha defines as intention. I mean, fabrication, sankara, is also a form of karma. There's an intentional, intentional element there. Okay. Even before sensory contact comes intention. From that intention comes consciousness. Even consciousness has a fabricated element to it, an intentional element. Here we're talking about consciousness of the six senses. One says consciousness, then there's name and form. Now, name and form is defined below. You've got feeling, perception, intention. Here's more karma. Contact and attention. Attention, again, is that issue of how you define, how you phrase your questions in the mind. The Buddha has a long list of what he calls inappropriate attention. Questions like, who am I? You know, many times you hear this is supposed to be the big, you know, the big spiritual issue in life. Who am I? And the Buddha says, wrong question. Next. <laughs> he says that's one of those questions that leads nowhere. Well, it actually leads to all kinds of problems. But, you know, question of who am I? Do I exist? Do I not exist? Did I exist in the past? Did I not exist in the past? Will I exist in the future? Will I not exist in the future? All these, the Buddha says, are wrong questions. Because you come up with either the idea, I exist, I don't exist. And both of those things, the Buddha says, that gets you way off the issue. What he's trying to do is focus your attention on precisely what is the cause of stress, how we can put an end to that cause, so that stress is no longer an issue. When that's no longer an issue, then he says there are no issues. And the reason that questions have teeth is because they're stressed, they're suffering. And we're looking for a way out of suffering. He says, well, get back in touch with your original questions. Basically, he says, when, when people suffer,
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.